0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Abundant Journey Podcast. We're glad you can join us. I'm your host, Nick James, along with my co-host, Nick Offenkamp. Nick, how are you? I am well. I uh, Are you a
1: morning person? I am a morning person. See, I, I've learned to become one. I am not. And uh, and so I know that listeners probably engaging in this, you know, hopefully... They're comfortably driving to work at some reasonable uh, hour of the day, but here's the thing. You are a good friend because I am not a morning person, and yet you had me up and out of bed before the sun was even up this morning in order to uh, come over and and record this. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and I'm grateful for your affection, and I'm grateful for your friendship. and that you would get out of bed, I uh, I had to get you something warm to drink this morning to get you up and rolling. But here we are, and I'll tell you, you know, uh, I'm excited about what we got going on today. We are going to do a, a recap episode, and it's just our focus is on uh, really dialoguing about an episode that that we've already put out. Um, so I'm I'm super excited about it.
1: Yeah, so we had an awesome interview with um, Emily and Adam. This was, uh, I believe, episode three. And so if you haven't listened to that, you should definitely go and do so. But I absolutely. think the heart behind these recap episodes is really just there's so much. It's kind of like trying to drink from a fire hydrant when you're listening to, to some of these folks talk and tell their story. And so um, these recap episodes are an opportunity for us to slow down and really digest some of the, the highlights of that episode. And there was a number of things in there that stood out to me and I know to you as well. And so maybe you want to start by just summarizing some of the uh, the big things of Emily and Adam's story.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to do that and excited to really dive in and, and, and dialogue with you about what we've learned. I agree with what you're saying, too, about just slowing down and processing because we're on our own journey, right? Right. One of the things that we're super excited about is an opportunity to get to interview some of these awesome people who've done some pretty cool things. And so just to be able to recap and try to think about how do we start applying and implementing some of these things in our own lives uh, is, is exciting. So anyways, Emily and Adam, uh, I, I, I shared that. I known them for a little while, got introduced to them by a realtor in Texas and the two of them have gone from the corporate world to small family, real, small uh, single family door real estate investing. And then now they're on the other end where they're doing large multifamily real estate syndications.
1: And so in syndication, I mean, they're essentially raising millions of dollars to purchase <laughs> many, many units yep. all at once. And they're, uh, they're oper- are they operating
0: those? they are operating those they are helping oversee the the plan and the business plan and and you know from the acquisition of the large real estate property all the way through seeing the improvements done um and then of course either selling or refinancing down the road and it's not just them they've partnered with some people which was a significant piece to their story
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah i think the, my uh I loved how Emily came out right away, like just almost the first line in the uh episode and uh telling the story about a conversation that she had with her dad a number of years back um I think her, her dad had been working for thirty thirty five years mm-hmm. and uh so she asked him when he was gonna retire, and um he said that that he couldn't yet because there was a downturn in the market and his retirement savings weren't where they needed to be. And so he had to keep working until uh, the market recovered and how in that moment, it just dawned on her of like, I never want that to be my story. I never want to be at the, you know, spend all of my, uh, the best of my years working without any real promise or guarantee that, you know, I'm going to be able to, to retire to do what i I want with my time, and that was a pretty amazing catalyst um, for her to uh, to then do something about it, to do something different, to find ways to achieve financial freedom that she was dreaming of.
0: Yeah. No, I loved that. And as soon as she started sharing that story, which I hadn't heard before, I I started thinking of you because, you know, those are the kinds of stories that get us really excited to share. And the reason why is because I think there's so many people in that place. They're in a similar similar situation and you know i i spent some time working at fisher investments i told you and you know consistently talking to people um with their retirement accounts uh of course as a banker i've of course get to look at and see the numbers of of people's accounts and things like that when it it merits it and you know there's a lot of folks in that season of life where they're living paycheck to paycheck they've been really hard workers they've been really faithful workers but yet there's not a lot to show for it. And, you know, it it wasn't a knock against her dad. It was just a reality of this system isn't working and this isn't working in favor for her dad. And so, you know, it was, it was a painful memory, but I think it was that springboard that kind of changed the trajectory of what she wanted to do.
1: Right. And it reminded me a ton as well of um, the whole, uh, the, the very premise of rich dad, poor dad, mm-hmm. right? Like you've got uh, poor dad who by uh, all kind of modern standards, extremely well-educated, very stable job, but just run the rat race and never able yep. to put away enough to get ahead. Whereas you've got rich dad who very entrepreneurial, kind of making his own path, learning um, business and and financial smarts, and uh, is able to build... unbelievable wealth that uh, not just financially but then what that allowed him to do with his time it it was amazing to kind of hear that parallel especially given um, for both Emily and Adam they're engineers by uh, training right yeah and so um, they had really stable successful careers uh, as engineers and yet they were willing to Step away from that into oh, something yeah. that was <laughs> brand new to them with real estate investing, and so maybe you can speak to uh, to some of um, how they had approached that personal risk, and maybe give some things that that hit you as you were thinking about the risks that they've taken.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I would say that you know that's where that's where a lot of people hesitate. That's what stops. You know, I there are people in my own life now who aren't content where they're at and they but they are in what we would call quote unquote stable careers and they've been very successful but that risk factor for them is the thing that doesn't allow them to to take a step doesn't allow them to make a change and that's a that's a huge thing that really holds people back. And so um, I I just wonder, you know, if again, Emily's story with her dad and seeing the end result of not being willing to make a dramatic change or or do something different, you know, that pushed her clearly uh, enough to go in a different direction instead of being held back by the fear.
1: Yeah. It is interesting. Another kind of thing that just came to mind as you were framing that is there's always risk in life. And it's amazing how um, how much we like to defer that risk. And I think another way perhaps that Emily could, could have stated what she was seeing in her dad's life was that he had uh, deferred all of the financial risk until later on in his life and in his retirement. And for her, she said, I I don't want to do that. I don't want to be at the mercy of Hmm. wherever the markets are at. Like there's going to be risk in my life. And I would rather face that head on Mm -hmm. right now and take the risk now to set myself up for where I want to be in the future. And I think that it's, it's easy for us to pretend like, well, if I just don't Take the risk; the risk will go away, or I'll be older. I'll be in a better position to, to handle it. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know that that's the case. Um, I mean, I, there's certainly. Uh, uh, maybe you can speak to this, like in their in their risk. Are there ways that you felt like in the conversation? they had wisely hedged against risk like was this a throw caution to the wind and just you know like (laughs) uh, we'll let the chips fall where they may or do you think that there was some careful calculation that they did
0: i mean i heard calculation from them it's funny you know the topic of risk is one we're going to keep bringing up because i do think that is the brick wall that stops a lot of people from pursuing dreams pursuing goals getting out of bed, trying to make some, make a change happen. Um, but you're exactly right. I mean, there's risk in everything. And it's funny because as I've spent time as a banker, banks are in the business of loaning money and they want to make sure they're going to get their money back. And so really the role as a banker is... Figuring out what are the risks involved and how do you mitigate those risks? How do you shrink those? How do you control those? And again, to your point, you can't do it for everything because there's risk. So there's risk in every deal, as a banker, there's risk in every job as a person, there's risks in every decision we make as people. And so I think what was pretty significant with Emily and Adam is that they looked on, they really took an inventory of the risk, leaving the comfort of their stable jobs, leaving the careers that they had worked for. But yet, that risk, as they calculated it, they built a strategy around how to mitigate that. And I, I think they shared some of those with fallback plan on where to live. And they also talked about being able to fall back in jobs and knowing that they had a good reputation in their industry. And so the, the hard work and the, the community, even within their own careers, was was the mitigant in the event that things went bad for them and so they they i think worked to hedge that
1: yeah yeah i think that's right you got to run through your list of worst case scenarios Mm -hmm. and, and think to yourself i'm sure that they were asking themselves the question of all right if this whole becoming real estate investors deal doesn't work out Um, you know, where are we going to live? Like, and, and there is then real merit in having, um, the kind of education degrees experience that they have in engineering to just know all right, we've got, uh, valuable skills. We will be able to recover from, from this, um, which, you know, for listeners, um, and even for you and I, like, I know that, uh, um banking real estate broker. Uh, you're in banking, I'm a real estate broker. And um, while super grateful for the, mm-hmm. the, the careers that we have, um, a lot of the dream is to uh, have our own business, yeah. business, businesses, um, have a real estate portfolio to have the kind of passive income. But where I was going with all of this is just the skills that both you and I have been cultivating in our careers are extremely valuable in that um, they do kind of create a safety net for us to be able to go out and take risk because if a real estate deal doesn't work out or Mm -hmm. if a business doesn't pan out the way that we thought, like all of the experience and time that you've spent in banking or that I've spent in real estate is going to make it much easier to, to get another job if and when that time were to Yep. To come.
0: No, absolutely. I think that's a really good point. You know, one thing you said there a couple times is the phrase, what if? And the reason why I highlight that is I just had met with a uh, a gentleman last week for coffee, who is a uh, he's a builder, and he's done construction and started a just great company. And over the last 20 years, built millions of square feet in real estate and, and just been ultra successful. And as we've been looking at getting into some projects uh, on on the real estate investing side, uh, he sat down with me and talked really about that concept of what if and risks. What if this happens? What if this happens? What if that happens? You know, asking that question as you're trying to make a move and you really then get an opportunity to give yourself an inventory of those risks. What is it worth, you know? And then you get to make an educated decision. So no, I, I don't think in an Emily or Adam's situation, um, I don't think for those guys, you know, they just threw caution to the wind, but they really did ask those questions. And then it reminds me, and we'll do another episode, but it reminds me of another guest we had on the show, Will Holland, who said, what if I don't do something? What if I don't make a change? What if I don't take that
1: step forward? Right. Yeah. Really calculating the opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. I uh, It was cool to hear in Emily and Adam's story as well, the evolution from as they first got into real estate investing, how it was. Single family, yeah. like how they didn't uh, they didn't just go from careers in engineering to then biting off multi million dollar <laughs> multi family <laughs> deals, um, but that they that they got started in in single family investing. Through that process, they realized, wow, this is um, uh, a ton of work for kind of much lower ceiling in terms mm-hmm. of um, the kind of success that you can yep. can achieve. Um, or work to payoff ratio was mm-hmm. much lower than, than other possibilities that they saw. Um, but it was a easier way for them to dip their toe in. So we could talk uh, about that side of, of the piece of just kind of starting small and then growing. But there was another element to it as well that was significant being the community aspect. It sounds like um, they had gone to, I think it was a workshop or some sort of a a seminar that they were invited to where they first started to learn the ins and outs of real estate investing. And what I took away from that was uh, it wasn't even so much any of the particulars that they learned in the seminar, but it was the people that they met and got connected with in this real estate investing community that um, they... Plugged into, that was really key to a lot of their early success. So I don't know if you've got thoughts on either of those, yeah. either the uh, the importance of starting small um, or the uh, the importance of community, or just different takeaways you had. From no, that absolutely. I,
0: I think you're exactly right. There's there's nuggets in both of those concepts. I mean the the first one being, you know, starting small. Uh, I think. You know, we live in a culture. We live in a society that says, "Go big, go large." You know, get what you want. Get you know, go for it. And and how do you, how do you really go back and forth between? You know, um, I think there's skills that you need. I think there's education that needs to be had, uh, but you don't want to. S- sell yourself short. I mean, you and I've talked about goals, right? I mean, you're the you're the classic BHAG guy, big, hairy, audacious goal, set something big, but there's also um there's also the reality that you can, you can go so big, you can blow yourself up. And I think what Emily, you know, she didn't really know anything about real estate investing. She hadn't done any books. She hadn't listened to any podcasts or webinars. She recognized that there was a lack of education. And so there wasn't this, I'm just going to go try to take down $50 million multifamily buildings. No, they recognize that this is a process. It's a journey. It's a it's a ramping up, kind of like you think about an airplane and the runway. I mean, there's a there. You got to get that thing moving before that thing takes off. And so, for her jumping into the single family homes, and the lessons, I'm sure that she learned through that process
1: has translated as they've continued to scale up. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think. That was something I was really impressed about both of them was that there's certainly a, a confidence. Like, they're very competent people just yeah. in general. I mean, they're, they're engineers for crying out loud. You know, like, they, <laughs> they, they are, they're smart. Yes. Um, and, uh, and they've been doing this a while now. They've achieved great success. And so there's certainly a, a confidence and competency that exudes from them. But what I was really impressed by was the humility yeah. Um, that they both had, I which I think is, is in large part what you're getting at too. Like having an awareness that you don't know everything mm-hmm. or as you're entering into a new space, like that there is a big learning curve. And, um, and so having, it's a, it's a rare balance because oftentimes like confidence can lead to a cockiness, I which agree. you can really shoot yourself in the foot with. Um, but they've done a really good job so far as I can tell, in balancing a uh, a confidence in their competency and drive to succeed, with still a, a humility, um, a teachableness, and a desire to you know learn from yep. others, which I think those are really good skills for all mm-hmm. of us to cultivate.
0: I think you're absolutely right, and you know again because I know their story a little bit more. The mentors that they've had around them, not only in getting into the larger real estate space, but also the folks who that they partner with on these sorts of deals are very experienced, very tenured people who've done a lot of these kinds of things. And I think that speaks to your community piece of recognizing you're not the smartest person in the room, seeing the need to partner with people who have done what you're looking to do. And and that's, that translates to anything, right? It's not just real estate, but it can translate to starting up a business. It can translate to building a community around you or hobbies that you're trying to do or, or, or other income streams, you know, there are people who have done it and they've done it well. And my experience, and this is what I love too, about just being a banker is that people love to share the stories of how they've gotten to that point or the lessons they've learned or the hard work that they've put in because people are are proud of the work and the efforts and the things that they've been successful with. And so, you know, I think that's just a huge thing to draw out from and and learn from Emily and Adam in, in that they said, Hey, We need to surround ourselves with people who've done this well. And that's, again, one of those risk mitigants.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, I don't know, I wonder what the barriers are for a lot of uh, folks that would like to be real estate investors or would like to start a business, um, what the barriers are to surrounding themselves with those kinds of folks. Like Adam and Emily have obviously done it. I I wonder if, if others just fear that, one, it's going to slow down their um, the path to achieving their goals that, like, if, if they've got to be mentored or if they've got to partner with other people on mm-hmm. deals, play a smaller role that, um, you know, it's it's going to slow down their speed or if they're just scared to sure. try and get into the, those rooms or if they just don't know how or where yeah. to start. I don't know if you've got any sense on, on that or <laughs> encouragement sure. perhaps to folks <laughs> of just, like, um, you know, how, how do you get into those rooms? How do you start those mentoring yeah. kind of relationships?
0: No, that, you know, that's a, that's a great question. And I think we were talking a little bit about that concept before the episode. And just that one of the things I've somebody shared with me was you have to be willing to do the things that nobody else is. And I think we don't like to stand out. We don't like to uh, to do things that are awkward, and maybe that's the other quote that partners well with. Not only don't uh, don't you got to do things that other people aren't willing to do, but also embrace the awkwardness. Hmm. And I have stories, um, whether I was selling Boflex machines and there were awkward phone conversations, or I, as a banker, I've walked into a business and fell flat on my face because I had asked for the wrong person and they looked at me and then I, I drove away and then I said, I have to go back in there and embraced the awkward conversation <laughs> of trying again. And yeah. so There's that concept of we're afraid to fail. We're afraid to have the awkward encounters. And so, you know, there's going to be a little bit of putting yourself out there and having to face the reality. You might make a mistake. You might fail. uh, But that's the only way forward. And so... You know, I would say that that's probably the first thing, at least that I've I've picked up in my life or heard from other people is that you have to be willing to do things like send emails, like she said, or reach out to people who have been successful. uh, And then you got to just not be afraid to fail.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, she said the number one piece of advice that they'd gotten from their mentor was to take massive action and exactly like you said, to do the things that 90 percent of the people around you won't do or are unwilling to do. Yeah. And I love how you frame that too. Is it's, um, yeah, sometimes that's uh, just being exceptional in the, um, your performance, but it's also just embracing the, the failure, embracing <laughs> the awkwardness, embracing, you know, that uh, when you're new at something, um, being able to winsomely be honest about that. Um, it's, it's amazing how few people will. Uh, ask for help, mm-hmm. and um, that if ninety percent of the people around you are unwilling to ask for help, like it's amazing how you can set yourself apart yep. in that and create some awesome connections and um, yeah, really open up opportunities that yeah. you wouldn't otherwise.
0: No, I think you're right. I think the other thing, um, as you're talking about that, is just just a, a humility and a willingness to. Well, I mean, you just said it, ask for help, but there's, there's, again, I think culturally we oftentimes try to put on a front that we have it figured out, that our, our lives are perfect, that we have things figured out, that we, we don't need anybody's help. And that's kind of the American mindset, right? Like, Oh, I'll just pull my boots up and I got it figured out and I'll, I'll pull myself out of this mess. Um, But, you know, again, they really hit on the community sense and they really hit on surrounding yourselves with the right people. And they also talked about partnering with the right people because the deals that they've done that have gone south for them were when they were partnered with the wrong people and they hadn't built a strong relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Like the uh, amount of trust that's required, especially when you're raising the kind of money that they're raising. And so, or, um, or investing in projects that, um, you know, with the amount of money that they're putting in, like, you really do want to have solid relationships and know the people that you're working with. Yep. so I thought that that was a, a really good word and reminder of, um, don't just be enamored with what people put up on their website, yep. but actually get to, to know them, get to know how they operate, get to know what their, um, ethics and moral compass, how those are aligned. And if, if there's an alignment, um, with, with you, mm-hmm. um, it was a good question Tyler had asked just you know getting to the the what's your why?" yeah, and, and some of that you know she said right at the very beginning of the episode of, of achieving a, a financial freedom, um, but we circled back to it later on in the the episode, and I thought the way Tyler framed it was really good of that uh, a lot of people think that oh, if you're getting into real estate investing, it's just because you want to be rich, you just want to loaded with cash. And um, I thought that uh, Adam and Emily had a, a good response mm-hmm. uh, to that. And So what were your kind of takeaways as far as the uh, what they're trying to achieve for themselves, for their family, for their wider community yeah. in what they're doing?
0: Well, and it, it's no surprise that I love their story because, I mean, you know, there's, there's a similar heartbeat with Abundant Journey, right? And this understanding that we don't need to settle in life for the breadcrumbs, but how can we achieve real freedom? How can we achieve a better life for our families? And ultimately uh, how can once we've achieved that turn around and give back to others? Mm. And I think they just, that's them. I mean, that, that's, they were, they saw the, the dysfunction um, in the corporate world and not that it, again, they had successful jobs. They were well taken care of, but they wanted something different. They were willing to take the risks. They built their themselves a community. And as they've continued to achieve success, they their heart and their why is to turn back around and help others. And I love that. I mean, that that's what we are about at Abundant Journey. That is our goals. Not that we've achieved it yet, but those are the things that we're trying to pursue and chase. And so, you know, to hear their heart behind that, you know, and I I love the freedom piece that it affords them the opportunity to do the things they want. And then of course, I love the giving piece and and making pies. I mean, we talk about that all the time, right? Right. They are focused on making pies for bettering communities where people live and the multifamily properties that they're, they're taking on. And then also as they, um, have are are achieving new levels of financial freedom, they recognize that there's a stewarding aspect of that. And how do they give back to the community and philanthropy and and different ways that they mentioned in there? So
1: I just I love it. Yeah, you could tell that that was really important uh, to them. And um, it sounded like as well, just thinking about their own kids and kind of the values that they wanted to be able to pass on the capacity that they wanted to have to be Present um, mm-hmm. as as parents, um, and just the the overall freedom piece of that um, they get to decide the most valuable ways to spend yeah. their resources, whether that be their time, their money, their energy, their efforts that um, that they're in total control of that. And it kind of reminds me of this, uh, phrase that, that I've heard, um, as I've talked with other entrepreneurs, but sort of this framework of that, um, you'll either spend your life building your own dream or you'll spend your life building somebody else's. And that that can sound really negative or like a real put down against working for another <laughs> um, business. I, I don't think that there's. I don't mean any shame in saying that. Obviously, I, I yeah. work for a another business, and i um, I really believe in the the mission, and uh, as a home builder that I represent um, as a broker, you know what what they're doing is is good for Absolutely. our you know, community, 100%. I'm so grateful for them. And and so it's fine to to partner with other people in, in building their dream. But um, for Emily and Adam, uh, not only wanting to attain financial freedom for them and their family, but I think that they're really driven by having a a dream, a vision of what it is that they mm-hmm. want to build. And they realized that in the corporate world, they weren't going to be able to achieve that realize that live up to their their highest and fullest potential yep and so really awesome to see them you know take the steps that they needed to 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 go and pursue what they wanted to see in the world um, and I, that's really the encouragement to all listeners and everybody mm-hmm. who's engaged in the abundant journey community is, is that that's what we want for, uh, for ourselves and for everybody who's coming along with us of like, Hey, as much as possible, what, what you dream for yourself and for your family and for your community around you, um, for what abundance looks like, uh, we want to help you take the steps to achieve that
0: absolutely no I I agree and I am excited to continue to interview folks just like them and what I think is that we're going to see a pretty common thread throughout the stories and and you know, we're, we're going to continue to see folks who want to make a difference. We're going to hear stories of people who were willing to take risk after they, you know, calculated that risk. And then folks who surrounded themselves with people who had gone before them and done it well. And I, I just, I think that's going to be a common theme throughout the interviews. And, and really, we're going to pick up on those stories. And the reason why I highlight that is, You look at the Emilys and Adams of the world and it's very easy for people who haven't achieved their level of success to just look on and say, well, they have the it factor or they, you know, they got lucky or they did get in the room that they needed to. And but but really what we're going to continue to see and draw out is as these short stories are shared from people who have achieved massive levels of success it's it's a recipe. It's it's a consistent process of being willing to do the right things and as Emily and Adam said,
1: taking massive action. And that's the difference maker. Yeah. Yeah, that's really well said. And I'm excited to dive into that in you know, future episodes and as we continue to reflect, like it's it's so easy and frankly, lazy to just attribute the success of others to luck. Yeah. Now there is an element of that, like they could have gone to a total dud of a seminar, you know, like where, uh, where, the, sure. you know, the, they could have been that the vibes were all wrong and that they didn't connect with, with yep. anybody there. Um, but there is so much of the, um, you know, uh, if you want to use, if people want to use the language of, of luck, like you still have to put yourself in the position where opportunities are, yeah. are going to be available to you or hopefully available to you. And so um, I do look forward to unpacking that with more of our guests of like, all right, is this totally just lucky <laughs> or, uh, you know, what what positions did you put yourself in mm-hmm. so that you were able to achieve the kind of success? And um, there is a mysterious element to that, right? Like sure. anytime that you show up to uh, any community event or seminar or to, to learn, you don't really know what yeah. direction it's going to go, but, um, but you got to show up Yep. and, uh, and they did, they have, they've been, you know, really successful. I, I you know, hope and pray that they'll continue to find mm-hmm. incredible blessing in the, the work that, that they're doing. I hope that we'll get to partner with them yeah. on, uh, no, on some different blast. deals because, um, yeah, they're, they're good, good people. Yeah. Good no, folks. they're,
0: they're great people. And, and again, I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's the taking massive action. And so I think that's the biggest takeaway As we continue to ramp up abundant journey and focus on the things that we're doing and and trying to make a difference is we got to keep taking massive action. And so no matter what you're doing in life or what you're focused are, focused on what your goals are, take the action surround
1: yourself with the right people and uh and keep learning for sure and uh speaking of taking massive action uh, just a note to you our our beloved listener (laughs) uh if if you could take the what might not feel like you to you massive action but to us it would be massive action and uh, click the subscribe button, uh, like, follow along, visit the website at AbundantJourney.net, see what other resources are out there. Um, that would be so greatly appreciated. We, uh, we put on this, um, this podcast and put together these resources because we do want to see you uh, thrive. We want to see you walk out your journey toward abundance, and, um, and so we provide this content for free, because we love you and want to see you succeed. Um, But the way that you can uh, help us out and encourage us is by clicking that link and, and, and following along and letting us know you're out there. So, um, really awesome reflections. I uh, so grateful again to Emily and Adam. So if you're listening, thank you. Yes, and, thank uh, you. Looking forward to to more and more. Thank you uh, for the uh, the early morning interview here. Hopefully, <laughs> you know as we listen back, there's uh, there's not too many evidences of it being before my usual wake up hour.
0: Yep, absolutely. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.